0: You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. On the show today, Connor Jones and I talk about the Washington Nationals offseason moves and where it puts them in terms of the rest of the National League. Where do they fit? The national league hierarchy. I think you guys are really going to enjoy our conversation. Hello, everybody. Locked on at Nationals Podcast today. It's a Wednesday edition of the show. Joining me today is Connor Jones. Uh, Connor, there are a few, nothing like new with the Nationals has really happened recently, but a few moves were made. And the one interesting one was they signed Gerardo Parra to a minor league contract. And I thought the other day when I was talking about it, you know, if he can make the team, it's nice to have at least a couple guys who are in the lineup that are veterans from that team. Because if you really think about it, the old guys, you know, qualifies as veterans besides Zim. I mean, really, and Jan Gomes, there really aren't any of them. I mean, I wouldn't consider Juan and, and Trey veterans in the way that we consider, you know, a Zim a veteran. So I think if he can make the team, you know, it makes a lot of sense because the pressure is going to be on them this year to win again. And having a guy like that who kept them so loose in 2019, I think could be an advantage.
1: Yeah. With the expanded rosters since the last time Paro was on the team, that obviously gives an extra spot for him to potentially earn a roster spot. And not just him. I think you're you're on the money with – they've definitely gotten younger positionally. They're still extremely uh, veteran-laden on the pitching staff. But as far as position players goes, I mean, they signed Hernan Perez, which I actually – Completely missed until about one hour ago. To a minor league deal, um, <laughs> Jordy Mercer signed a one as well. So there's a few guys that have a lot of major league experience that are potentially going to be competing for roster spots. part didn't get a ton of at bats last year in Japan. It sounds like, so I'm not sure how much he has left in the tank. But when you're talking about a minor league deal, it's a it's a pretty low risk maneuver.
0: Yeah, I mean, I barely even talked about Hernan Perez on here, you know, because these deals you just don't know if these guys are going to pan out, you know, with the minor league contracts and and what they're going to look like. So I think that's interesting. One thing I did mention, you know, when you look at the Nationals news, I did see an article today um, from NBC Sports Washington about the bullpen depth, And that's something that they're going to have now for the first time in a while. And I think the story to me is bullpen flexibility, right? Like the idea of the Nationals now with Brad Hand, you know, have some options at closer. It's not like Daniel Hudson's going to be the closer, and we got to figure, you know, figure out what the hell we're going to do. It is, you no, know, we've got Daniel Hudson, we've got Brad Hand, you know, we've got a, at least two guys towards the back end. Now that we trust and you add in the guys, you know, like Tanner Rainey who pitched really well last year, Kyle Finnegan. Now you start to have actually a group at the back that you do really have some faith in.
1: Yeah, they do. You do have a lot of guys at the back end of the bullpen that you have faith in. The only question I would have there though, is just with, if bright Hand's is going to be the, the primary closer, they don't really have any other left-handed options. Right. Um, and I would anticipate Hand being the closer. I think I actually read somewhere that Hand had a similar contract offer, maybe even for two years with the Mets, but they weren't going to guarantee him the closer's job, which it sounds like the Nats pretty much did, which explains why he signed. And, and seeing that, that shows that your one lefty that you may have in the bullpen is going to be your closer, unless it's somebody that we don't know of yet, or that's a someone maybe like Luis Avilan coming off of the, coming out of a minor league deal and earning a roster spot.
0: Yeah, so you know, you, you feel like you have some flexibility but there are, obviously there are limitations like you mentioned with only having that one lefty. And so, you know, I think this gets us now to Trevor Bauer because I'm just thinking about the roster in general and how it stacks up with the rest of the National League. I mean, the Dodgers add Trevor Bauer uh for that contract and when you saw that dollar figure, of $45 million, like I know it's a $110 million contract, 40-45 and then I believe I mean, it's, I think, 17 there towards the end. When you think about that contract, like what, what were your initial thoughts when you saw the money number and him going to the Dodgers?
1: What was interesting to me about that was that he did pretty much the complete opposite of what you've seen a lot of guys do in free agency this year. You've seen players like DJ LeMayhew look for the largest dollar figure in total that they could get rather than the largest – average annual value and trevor bauer went the complete opposite route i mean it's a ton of money that he's getting obviously but it's not a ton it's just not much long-term security really the two the two big numbers there are in years one and two so i he's it's not it's not completely surprised to me just because he comes across and has kind of said that he's going to be a guy that's going to bet on himself throughout his career but i do find it I do find it a little bit unusual that that deal is complete, is structured completely differently from what we've seen so many, so many guys do. And the other thing with it is that's a classic deal that the Dodgers want to make. So if there's one team that's going to be giving a player like Bauer that kind of a, a contract, it would be the L.A. Dodgers.
0: What do you make of Trevor Bauer and his free agency? I just – to me, you know, they promised us a different free agency. He and Rachel Luba did, his, his agent – And then, you know, it kind of was business as usual. And at the end there, he's selling Mets memorabilia with his signature on it on his website. Um, To me, it was a complete joke. And I think he values himself as a brand that he's not. I think he sees himself as like a Bryce Harper type asset. I think he sees himself as a Fernando Tatis type asset. And he's not that. Like Bryce Harper is, you know, Bryce Harper, that contract, they're not paying for Bryce the player. They're paying for Bryce the player plus the marketing machine that he is. Bauer is not that. And I think he sees himself as that.
1: Yeah. He, he definitely tries to be that whether, you know, there's no doubt about that. He goes out of his way to try and be um, a marketing machine. I think at the end of the day, he didn't really want to go to the Mets. He wanted to go back home to California. Right. And I think that's why we saw him kind of wait that out the last couple of days. The thing that with the Mets memorabilia and stuff on the site, just comes across extremely unprofessional to me from like the whole the whole operation. It's just not you don't you don't see that like with other big time players. I don't think we have another similar example of something like that. It's like they're constantly like trying to push push him as a as a marketer and as a brand that I don't I'm not sure that's there outside of like diehard baseball fans. I get he's like funny on YouTube and like funny on Twitter sometimes, but it's one of those things that gets a little bit old especially when it's he's not really a guy that's put together outstanding seasons over the course of his I, career I was gonna say and it's only two
0: good seasons you know what I mean and th- yeah. that's kind of the big point is you know even guys like Jacob deGrom like Jacob deGrom is not like the front of the billboard guy even though he's you know a two-time Cy Young winner Max Scherzer to some extent you know the, the whole Mad Max thing and and you know there there's some marketing behind that but Even still, like if you you know, I think you would agree with me here. If you were to market one player on the Nats right now, you'd market Juan Soto. So you know, and and my point being there is that these pitchers who are very accomplished aren't even the main star, and this guy's nowhere near as accomplished and still thinks of himself as a gigantic star.
1: Yeah, and it's like so much of it's just not from what he's doing on the field. It's so much related to the the drive line stuff and you know everything that he does on social media. And it's not to say that he's not a great pitcher and can't go in there and have a great couple of years with the Dodgers, but it's, he tries to do things so differently from what you see out of not just stars across the league, but just other MLB players. And I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I don't really like read into read too much into it. I just, I don't think that the, the situation with the Mets memorabilia, I think that's just a bad look and it shows that he's so He's so focused on that that aspect right. of his career, which is not not something that's relative to winning games.
0: Well, it just shows he's not the brand, right? I mean, I mean, guys who are like superstars at that level are also organized when it comes to things like you know selling memorabilia on your website and marketing certain things. You're usually more organized than selling gear for a team you're not going to.
1: Yeah, you should probably have a, a better team around you in that case. Yeah. If you're that, if you're that. If you're that big time of a superstar where you have to like set up your website to have you know, that type of memorabilia for a variety of different teams, then you need to have you need to have people around you to make sure that mistakes like that don't happen.
0: More from my conversation with Connor Jones in just a second, but first a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting. Best For You Protein Bar out there right now. They've got 18 awesome flavors, 6 awesome new flavors, including Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barachia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. They've got 12 original flavors, all with chocolate, 6 with nut, 6 without nut. So there really is something for everybody. They also have Built, bar, uh, Built Go and Built Boost as well. Check those out. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use that promo code on to receive a 20% off discount on your next order. Once again, promo code locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N locked on for 20% off at built bar. Com. Today's show is also brought to you by rockauto.com. It is the best place to find affordable parts for your vehicle. If you go to rockauto.com right now, you'll find parts from hundreds of manufacturers. It's a family-run business serving auto parts customers for nearly 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, please write "Locked On" in there, How Did You Hear About Us box, so you know it. we sent you, amazing selection, reliably low prices, All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Also encourage you guys to go check out Locked On today. I was actually on Locked On today uh, for the Wednesday edition. I was talking about West Virginia and Texas Tech, their uh, game last night. So you can go check that out. But it's awesome. It's a sports show in the beginning of the day. Gets you set with all sports news from last night and kind of previews the day as well. So go check that out wherever you guys get your podcast. All right, back to my conversation with Connor Jones. Right, and so but to the playing field, you know, to, to the part about the actual play, uh, there's no disputing the Dodgers are the favorites, and then you have the Braves, who, in my opinion, are still the number two team in, in the league. I would say the Mets and Padres can vie for that third spot. Uh, so there's you know three and four right there. Cardinals at Arenado, and I think in that division's up for the grabs, they make themselves probably the uh, the you know the the fourth best team, uh, and I think the Nationals are right there for a spot you know as saying hey we're the fifth best team in this entire league um and it's going to be a challenge uphill or excuse me uh, six to kind of put them in that you know five to six range there with the with the cardinals um and i think you know it's it's a fine spot for them and once again i, I think we always knew it was not going to be a whole thing about winning the division this year it's gonna be about making just making the playoffs
1: yeah i think My opinion is the Nationals are a roster that's better set up for the postseason than they are for the 162-game regular season anyway, so I don't necessarily have a problem with them finishing fifth or sixth in the National League in the regular season. I think that pitching rotation is more set up for a playoff series. I think some of those hitters, a lot of guys that have been in big games, been in World Series before, not just with the Nats, but guys like Schwarber coming over from Chicago, I think... The roster is more dangerous in a playoff series than they are over 162. I agree that the Mets and the Braves are, are better on paper for 162, but that that doesn't mean that the Nats can't win a playoff series, finishing third in the NL East and potentially getting a playoff spot.
0: Yeah, I, I just think when I when I look at you know the Nationals and you think about okay. Would the Braves want to play them? Well, no. The Braves have won the division, but they have not been able to climb that mountain like the Nats have. With the Mets, the Mets do not want to see the Nationals playoff series. The Cardinals got smoked by the Nationals in a playoff series. The Dodgers lost a play. I mean, it's different. You know, kind of feels like a different group now. But the Dodgers, this a lot of these core guys still lost a playoff series to the Washington Nationals. And the Padres, that's a team, in my opinion, is pretty devoid of talent, or a devoid of talent in the sense of like guys who have been the mountaintop. They're devoid of guys who have experienced championship settings. So the Nationals are long in that. I mean, talk about what they brought in. John Lester, we know it's old as hell and is basically a skeleton, is a guy who's been in those moments. Kyle Schwarber, another guy who has been in those moments. And so the Nats are not going to be lacking in, in terms of guys who have been there. And If they can make the dance, I don't think anybody, in they're healthy. I'm not sure anybody wants to play them.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I they, they need to stay healthy for sure. Right, they don't have the depth is not. It's not like a comfortable level. I mean, you look at like the, the number of great starting pitchers the Dodgers have. You can like name off seven of them. Seven of them that right. you feel comfortable with having in your rotation, and that's not the case with a team like Washington. So they'd have to be healthy for sure. But if they do get in and they're healthy, then I think it. I think it is a tough matchup for everybody, just because a rotation like that, an offense that should should be better than last year should bounce back somewhat um getting strasburg back in the rotation i think to some degree that they're going to have a a bounce back year and in a in a short playoff series where you may only need one or two great starts from some of those older starting pitchers that can be that can be a tough team to beat
0: all right Connor, we appreciate your time as always here on the locked on nationals podcast All right, that will do it for the show today. Make sure you guys go check us out on social media. Follow us at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And until next time, my friends, please stay safe.